Joe O'Rourke, aka Bunch U, is a co-founder of DGen Network, which is an NFT and crypto media platform, and the co-founder of Form3, which is the world's first Web3-powered universal loyalty platform for consumers and brands. Today, I'm here, and I'm gonna, we're going to hear all about Joe's journey and uh, what it took to start up his businesses, as well as learn a little bit about those businesses. Welcome back to How About That Crypto, and thank you for joining us, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Super excited to chat here. Uh, this has been on the books for a while, so I'm glad we. I'm glad the day is here. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, so why don't we just jump in for, uh, I, I think your back, your story, just looking at your LinkedIn, look kind of interesting. And uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into Crypto Web 3 and what your background is. Yeah, so I have been in the crypto space uh, since 2017. I originally got in, I think May of 2017 was my first ever Bitcoin buy on Coinbase. Uh, the I looked at it the other day because I had my like five year anniversary when May came around and I was like, mm, when did I get in? And so my first Bitcoin buy was at like $1,560-ish, wow. which is nice. crazy. And I, I got into the space because um, I was a super avid like sports better and things like that. And at the time, uh, you know, it wasn't as regulated as it is now. So you had to go play on like offshore sports books and all of that. And uh, that was really one of the only ways to get money on was to deposit on Bitcoin. And so that brought me to Coinbase to learn. And then after that, I had to kind of learn what the heck I was dealing with, right? So uh, at the time on Coinbase, there was Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. That was it. And uh, so it went down the rabbit hole pretty quickly there and never came out. So uh, now it's, it's funny. I've been doing uh, my next endeavor after that was doing what you're doing. I started creating content. So started a podcast, a crypto podcast called Wrecked Podcast uh, in 2018 with uh, a partner of mine. And we've been doing that forever. And then that led us into kind of our NFT podcast in 2021, which led to, you know, us creating DJ Network and, and all of that. So that was my original journey was 2017. Um, I've been obsessed with everything in the space pretty much since then. Uh, I found the uh, on Friday, which this is crazy to me. On Friday, I found a one-sheeter proposal for an NFT art marketplace that I wrote in 2018, <laughs> which was like predated open sea yeah. and stuff. I found the email I sent. I found the the document and everything. I sent it to my business partner. I was like, man, I, I think you'd find this interesting. And uh, I, so that just shows how long I've been interested or like interested in the space. And, you know, what I do now is mostly in the, on the NFT side, aside from the content creation, but like, it just goes to show how fascinated I was even in 2018 before this stuff even blew up to where it is now, you know? Nice. And I was, I was, when I was looking at your LinkedIn, I noticed that you were not in computer science field. Uh, so you just kind of, it was just like a side thing that you got really excited about and you just learn more and more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so when I first got into the space, what really intrigued me was just the kind of fundamental 
thesis and ethos behind Bitcoin, right? And so I think I took the journey that most people when they discover crypto take, which is like, you learn about Bitcoin, you become a Bitcoin maxi, you're thinking about sound money and all of these things. And then you explore into Ethereum and the idea of smart contracts and decentralized applications and things like that. And you're you're like, oh man, there's this whole other world out there. And, and so then you go really deep down the rabbit hole. And, um, but I was not a tech person ever prior, right? Like I had never, I've, I've never written a line of code. I don't know how to do that. I am, uh, but what I do love is the, and that really hooked me was just the ethos behind decentralization in terms of like, what it means for the things that we use every day, whether that is money, whether that is a uh, open system blockchain that people can build upon and uh, create these interoperable systems, right? Like when you think about kind of web one versus web three and where we are now and just how, like what the future looks like if systems are open and uh, what that means for you, a user or a, um, just a, a normal citizen in an open system. And it's not this big, grandiose uh, thing. It's, it's simple. You won't even realize you're using it once you're, once it like really takes hold. Uh, but the benefits of it to you as a user will be, I think, magnitudes greater than what the internet looks like now. And that's kind of, you know, what's brought me to my initial interest in in this stuff and where I am today, you know? That's awesome. So uh, speaking of where you are today, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about like, so you have the, these two companies, are these are your two, are these your two main squeezes, the DGEN network and Forum3? Yes. Uh, yeah. So I went full-time into this stuff about uh, just over a year ago. So last July is when I finally was able to take the leap and go full time. My story is uh, pretty crazy, actually. Uh, you wouldn't have found this on on LinkedIn, but you might have on my Twitter where uh, I kind of talked about the, uh, it's my pin tweet of, of my journey on how I went full time into the space. And so, uh, as I mentioned, I've, I've been into the space for since 2017, it's always been kind of a side hustle for me, both from the content creation standpoint and uh, everything like that. And I really wanted it to be a full-time thing, right? And so, um, but my my background was always sales and marketing and things like that, where I didn't quite know how to bridge that skill into crypto, right? Like, at the time, if you were full-time crypto, you were either a uh, programmer, you were a blockchain engineer, you were a smart contract developer, um, and or you were like a full-time trader, right? And and I wasn't any of those things. So I didn't quite know or think that it was ever possible for me to do as a full-time gig, right? And then, you know, when COVID hit, it was interesting. I feel like this was an epiphany that many people had during COVID when they were stuck in their house and uh, not maybe uh, doing their full-time jobs in the same way that they had been in the past, where it's like, I got, I've always been just being a salesperson, very entrepreneurial. So I started all these different side hustles. And it was interesting. Once I got the taste of like, 
making some money on my own, right? Not from my job, just things that I've either created or uh, businesses that I've started. And like, I, I got this itch and I never wanted to go back, right? So uh, I really went head first into the crypto stuff and tried to b- build myself a lot of, you know, different income streams. And so I finally got to a place in last summer where I felt like, okay, it might be time for me to be able to take the leap where what I was trying to do was supplement my full-time income. So I could, I could actually make a a change when the time came. And so um, a friend of mine now, I didn't know him at the time, but you know, I was, I got really into the NFT space. I was really into play to earn gaming. I, I thought that was a really interesting space. I liked the mechanics, the tokenomics. It was fascinating to me. And so I was tweeting about it a lot and kind of learning in public, if you will. And this guy reached out to me and he said, hey, I'm having a uh, a crypto retreat. And um, <laughs> it, he called it a retreat, but hindsight, it was a party, right? And so he's like, hey, I'm having this crypto retreat slash party. Here are all the people that are coming. Um, we want to talk about like play to earn gaming and NFTs. Would you, co- or would you be interested in coming and like hanging out and, and being our, our guy to teach us about that? And I was like, yeah, this sounds really great. I was like, tell me the weekend I'll be there. And he goes, oh, it's next Tuesday to Thursday. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> son of a gun. I'm like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, don't you guys work? He's like, this is work, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, at the time I was working for a medical company and uh, I sold uh, basically wound care and adult diapers into nursing homes. And uh, I was supposed to be in Pittsburgh at that when the party was. And I was like, you know what? This is the opportunity I've been waiting for. I don't think I'll ever get the chance again if I say no. So I quit my job that Friday before. <laughs> And I quit my job to go, I quit my job to go to this party. And at the party, I uh, met my now co-founder business partner of Forum 3. And we talked, you know, for 10 hours that day. We only met for that one day, 10 hours. The next week, uh, we were doing business together and started Forum 3 and the rest is history. So uh, that that was my intro into full time. I had I took the risk and it paid off. I don't recommend anybody out there quitting their job to go to a party, as fun as that might sound. I'm a little crazy. I had a, you know, stay at home wife and a six month old and a new house. And, uh, oh, wow. you know, so it was quite the risk and it paid off. But um you know, I'd always wanted to do this. I was presented with an opportunity that I thought was worth it and turned out it was. And my whole life has changed in the last 18 months since then. So, uh, but that's how I came into doing this stuff full time. And, you know, DJ Network was something that we started building prior to that. Uh, that's been around since uh, last May. Um, and that that's re- been really fun to build as well. Um, just because I've, as you know, doing it yourself, creating content and educational material and just spreading the kind of word on all this stuff that we're so passionate about is is really fun. And so to be able to do that and connect with the community on the DJ network side is really cool. Um, and then Forum 3 is kind of this whole different beast that we do 
bunch of different stuff there. But that's how I went full time. I quit my job selling adult diapers to go to a party. And at that party, uh, Ja Rule was there, which was really interesting. Okay, nice. And he he grilled us some burgers, and uh, I was like, "Where am I? Who? What is happening right now?" And uh, so that's my story. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so um, you said DGen Network. Uh, you started working on first. So uh, tell us about DGen Network. Like, uh, tell us about like uh, what your vision is slash was, and uh, what type of stuff that you've gone through to build it up, and like where you're at. Kind of like a little overview yeah. there. So DGen is interesting in the sense that I. I when I started doing podcasting back in 2018, I another kind of random serendipitous meeting, right? So um, I had gone on my first podcast appearance and I had gotten like the bug, right? I was like, oh, I want to do this. And at the I was scrolling Twitter one day and somebody had uh, tweeted, they're like, man, I want to see a podcast in which... Uh, people don't talk about their wins. I want to hear people talk about their losses. Like I'm out here getting wrecked in the streets. Like I want to hear people's like horror stories. So I replied to the guy and I was like, I would be totally cool down to make this podcast with you. And the next week we had recorded our first episode and that was in 2018. Uh, we still do podcasts together. My co-host chamber on the Men condition and wreck podcast. But what's funny about that is he lives in Canada. We've known each other for five almost five years now we've never met in real life oh wow <laughs> so, yeah so it, that, <laughs> that's but cool. that's that's kind of the craziness of this space too being all you know internet based global everything right so um but he and i had started and tried to start like a network like this in like 2019 2020 around just more more like crypto content right and it didn't work out i think we were a little too early um for you know, it really to take hold, but we'd always had this idea of really creating this big kind of aggregator of content. And, you know, you scroll through Twitter and you see all these great threads and you, which could be articles. You see all these independent content creators doing spaces or, um, you know, just talking on spaces or recording podcasts that, you know, feels like I'm sure you know this feeling where you're starting a podcast and it feels like you're just screaming into the ether right where yeah. <laughs> you're trying to build an audience is hard right so yeah. we the idea we had was okay let's build this network out strength in numbers right so we would take all these small guys like ourselves that were out creating content and build this big network effect and that's what we tried to do the first time again I think we were a little too early but last year we, when the NFT space started going off and right around the time uh, that Bored Apes minted, so this was end of May, uh, I was in all these Discord groups. I had minted a couple apes myself and uh, we were in these Discord groups taught like where all these people who minted apes were hanging out. And at the time, if you are not into the NFT space or you're not familiar with Bored Apes, what was like, this was the first time that in the NFT space, at least where this like rabid community formed and was all about like building things with their IP that they had gotten from this project. Right. So we were in this chat and I had met this guy, his name is Steve. His, uh, 
on Twitter, he's at NFT Bark. He's a super smart dude. And he and I connected and we were like, yeah, let's let's start a business around our IP and all this stuff. And we had this grand idea that we were going to do like merch, which is like the least interesting thing that you could possibly do. And so we had a couple of meetings and we realized, hey, neither of us know what the hell we're doing. Uh, let's go lean into our strengths. So we he was a career marketer. He was a marketing executive at um, progressive and, and Nestle and stuff. And so he's like, Hey, look, I listened to your podcast. I think you guys have something special there. What if we tried to build something around this uh, network idea again? And that was, uh, so we circled back to that. And so myself, my co-host and Steve really created DJ network and brought in a couple, you know, other smart people trying to do the same thing. And that's how it was born. And we really, created it with this ethos that we were going to take and aggregate all these great small content creators, give them a platform that we could go kind of be the mouthpiece for, help them jumpstart their content um, and and really start to build something big. And it's taken a long time, but we're really uh, getting it off the ground. We have a token gated community now that we just minted last week of, nice. you know, about a thousand folks that are kind of, you know, your, your thousand true fans. And we have all, we have eight or nine different shows on the, on the network. Now we have the website with content that comes out every day for, um, you know, for articles, we have a 20,000 person newsletter now. And so like, it's, it's really starting to take hold. And I think, you know, where the space is, it's only going to get bigger and bigger as more people learn about crypto and NFTs and start dipping their feet in the water as it gets easier to use. People will be looking for information, right? And they'll come to people like yourself or people like DJ Network to find that. And, you know, so if you're out there and you've ever wanted to create some content or uh, you are creating content, but you do feel like you're screaming out into the ether, uh, just keep at it is what I would say. I think people are coming. Uh, I think we're seeing it more now than ever with, you know, brands taking notice, institutions taking notice, and, um, you know, even the government taking, uh, you know, regulatory notice. It, that's all bullish for us as a group that are interested in this stuff, right? And it, the more validity it takes in that mainstream, the better it is for us. And so that's DGen Network. That's where we started, where we are now. And um, it feels really cool to have built, a, I think the best part is building the community around it as well, which, you know, we have this Discord group that is 24-7 talking about crypto market philosophy, all this stuff that's just fun, right? And it just feels, it doesn't feel like work doing that. Um, and and so, yeah, that's DGen Network. Okay, cool. So uh, let me just kind of uh, make sure I understand um, something. So the DGen Network is you you onboard creators or do you have your own like creators- both. So all the creators that we have now have been kind of onboarded from us either reaching out based on us liking their content and kind of asking if they want a place to maybe put it out there more broadly. Or actually one of our, our, one of our great shows, uh, it's called the NFT Night Shift. They just had their 50th episode. They record like two, three times a week. So they've done this in a very short span, but they actually started and met through the discord community and we're like, okay. Hey, let's, let's do a show together. And so we gave them that platform and 
they've crushed it. It's been an awesome time seeing them go to 50 episodes in like three months, which is really cool. And I mean, <laughs> nice. you know, you know how hard it is to do consistent content, right? Like yeah, 50 episodes yeah. in that small amount of time is no joke. So shout out to those guys. But so it's a little of both, right? Like, and now we're kind of getting a little more well-known in kind of the NFT space. So people that are starting are coming to us and, and things like that. So it goes both ways for sure. Gotcha. And would you say that uh, it's primarily focused on NFTs or is there a balance with uh, like crypto in general? Yeah. So we have both. Um, definitely. So like I would say the podcasts for the most part are more NFT and Web3 philosophy type of shows. And then some of them are very degen nft trading flipping types of shows mine is my show uh it's called the mint condition it is a kind of this big overarching you know we interview all kinds of people from the space we do what we ended up doing was taking our our wrecked podcast show which was all crypto and kind of merging the two together um but we talk a lot of crypto as well um what what we actually found which was interesting was like this whole community formed uh around an NFT crowd, right? But then what you realize was the NFT crowd that came into the space last year with like NBA Top Shop, they didn't have a crypto background, right? They, their first foray into the space was Top Shot. So as they kind of got more interested in the space and graduated into doing things on Ethereum and, uh, you know, they obviously naturally got more curious about things like DeFi and Bitcoin and all the altcoins and uh, just the crypto market, greater crypto market in general. So it it was very easy for us to kind of do and bring in those crossover content because it was a need for our community. And we found that, you know, that whole kind of top shot class of 2021 needed that as kind of education and uh, to learn about the other aspects of crypto. Gotcha. That's cool. I like that. Like an NFT space, like uh, what Brian Armstrong said that the NFTs were going to just kind of bring so many more people into crypto. And you just basically gave an evidence of that. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as we talk a little bit about Forum 3, it's a great point that I think, you know, one of the things we're doing is is going to work kind of right into that point that Brian Armstrong made. Um, I agree. I think that NFTs are going to bring the masses into crypto because they're not as difficult to understand, I guess, as far as like what the value prop or the underlying technology does. And, you know, honestly, NFTs sometimes are more fun to just there. They, they bring you like all the kind of mix of fun at least in their current form all the fun stuff you used to do as a kid right like trading collectibles mm -hmm. all this you yeah. know uh fun stuff that are makes it a little more approachable from a, a beginner standpoint i think okay cool so like that's a probably a good segue into form three so why don't you tell us about form three and like how you got that started and a little bit about you know what what we should expect from them and what it is yeah, so Form 3, as I mentioned, that was formed out of uh, me quitting to go to the party and meeting my co-founder, whose name is Adam Brotman. And Adam, um, 
if you've ever, if you haven't heard of Adam Brotman, you should definitely take a, a look into him. He's an amazing dude. He is the former chief digital officer of Starbucks, former president of J Crew, and you know, so I, I was really lucky to meet him that day. And um, you know, we started talking about just like I mentioned, it started as kind of this thesis around play to earn gaming and tokenomics and things like that. And, um, you know, quickly we kind of dabbled in that space and then again, kind of pivoted to what our strengths were. And so what that meant at the time was working with, you know, some smaller brands or individuals and bringing their kind of Web3 presence to life. So it started almost as a little bit of a kind of consulting and agency, I would say, right? So we work with um, best-selling author Ben Mesrick, and we, we launched his very cool NFT project. We're working right now with the Boston Globe, which is it has been very interesting. And then um, our big thing that just came out last week that we all the details came out on was Starbucks. And Starbucks... Um, they just announced all the details or some of the details about what their kind of web three loyalty program is going to look like. And so we were form three is, is kind of the lead strategic partner there with Starbucks on that project. So uh, that's kind of where form three started and where it's going now into this uh, potential idea of this, you know, what web three and NFTs can potentially do for loyalty, right? Customer loyalty. And uh, we think that there's some really interesting things there. And, you know, when we just talked, you know, a couple minutes back was, well, what is this mass onboarding look like? And it's something like this, right? Where we yeah. have a, br a brand like Starbucks that's planting their flag in the ground and saying, yeah, we believe in this technology as a way to enhance one of our key and core business activities. I mean, like the Starbucks loyalty program is a $12 billion a year app, right? That that they um, are basically say, making a statement and, and coming into the Web3 space attached to their loyalty program, which is not a half measure, you know? And yeah. so something like that is a potential massive onboarding event for crypto and Web3. And again, it's like, potentially this top shot style moment where you have um, all these new users that are going to be interacting with this platform that will get interested just by being here on like, well, what else is there? How can I get more involved? Or, oh, this idea around this technology is very cool. Let me see where, what else is out there. And so I think we see it as, for, especially with Starbucks is like this idea from Forum 3 side is, just this massive opportunity to bring people in and, and educate on what the space really can be. And, you know, there's a stigma around NFTs to the normies outside of the space where it's like, you know, they're just flipping expensive JPEGs, which in the current form is true. Right. And, but, but we, I think, you know, forum three, and I would say people inside the space really, can or builders inside the space, I should say, really see this as a technology that can create tons of new utility and digital ownership that's never been able to uh, exist before. So, you know, there's a lot of really interesting things. And one of the biggest 
the questions that we always have to answer is like, well, why does Starbucks need Web3 to do this for their loyalty program? Like, why do they need, like, can't they do this all inside their own database? And the answer is yes, but, right? Like, uh, it, like there's no current way, um, here's how I like to describe it, right? What we're solving a business case here, number one, for Starbucks, two, you're, um, you've never been able to unlock all of these. If you're Starbucks and you're this massive brand, you're one of the biggest companies in the world, you have all this built up intangible brand value that you can't really do anything with. Starbucks can go and collaborate with any brand artist creator in the world. And, but they have no way to really reward users in a, in a way that has ownership to it. Um, and so that's one thing. It's also a direct um, business problem that they're solving with their current loyalty program. When you think of loyalty, it's very linear, right? Where it's uh, customers are exchanging incremental visits and incremental spend for more rewards or in the normal case, just equates to discounts, right? So right. there's at some point where that is a diminishing return. And so when you think about what I just mentioned about all this intangible brand value and being able to reward users and customers with things that are outside of that, it's really taking that to a next level. And then you think about, well, putting a loyalty program on an open system blockchain where people can then go interact with it, build upon it, program to it, I mean, that's something that's really interesting from a, uh, what does this look like in the future where you could be looking at this giant multiplayer brand game where somebody can come in and say, hey, look, I, I now have a look inside of all these loyal Starbucks customers, for example. And well, I'm going to trying to grow my business, I'm going to reward them with discounts. I'm going to go reward them with, you know, collaborative efforts and things like that, because you're building this thing out in the open, right, that anybody can come build upon. And so I think when it looks like like the future of commerce in Web3 gets really interesting when you think of it like that, and just building these open systems, right? Like, right now, if something like somebody like Target wanted to go and collaborate with Starbucks in a meaningful way on the internet, it's a hassle and a lift, right? Like you can't just go and be interoperable with their systems in terms of, you know, oh, well, how do I go and find out who Starbucks users are? Or how do I go and, uh, you know, make a Starbucks login work on my website? You can't, it's impossible. It's a tech lift that doesn't exist from a, you know, you just can't do it from a time capacity, from an integration standpoint, right? And everybody's using their own closed systems to do this stuff. But when you think about what building a program like this looks like on blockchain, well, now it's very easy, right? Like all you have to do is set up a, a, a wallet connect, right? Where it's reading what's inside somebody's wallet. And so when you think of like what the future looks like in terms of commerce, in that way, I think it gets really, really interesting. So that's what Forum 3 is doing specifically uh, in the lens of consumer brand loyalty, because that's where we have some really interesting expertise uh, and teams behind. And 
and so that's what we're doing over there. I think the our goal with not only working with Starbucks, but um, just in general is to really create these mass onboarding events, right? Where people, we're bringing people into the space that we think is the future. So, yeah. So does Forum 3 help with the technical side or is it just about the community network and uh, bringing the people in? Are you responsible for like, yeah, like, uh, can you so we, give us? Yeah, so in, in the Starbucks uh, in the Starbucks lens, we kind of acted like the, the lead strategic partner. And okay. um, so we kind of helped design the program. And then as part of that, we connected um, Starbucks with the appropriate builders, right? So gotcha. we we did all of the blockchain interviewing and under their parameters to choose the, the, gotcha. the blockchain. We connected them with uh, Gemini Nifty Gateway to do kind of the Web3 building piece of it. Wow. Um, because, and that's just because they had better chops, right? Like they're the leaders, they're tried and, tried and true and tested. And so when you think about what, is required from a program that size, you need proven builders, right? So we right. connected there in right. the appropriate ways to make those partnerships. So it's actually, this whole program is going to be a big collaborative group effort from Starbucks, from us, from the blockchain, from uh, Nifty Gateway Gemini, all of that to, to make it come to life, which is pretty cool. Nice. So uh, since, um, you know, as we start to wrap it up, uh, I would like to ask you a few questions about the Starbucks stuff since it's so new. And if you, whatever you can't answer uh, is totally cool. Um, something that came up in some of my research about the Starbucks thing is that there's no wallet. Uh, yeah, I, I think that might be a uh, a small misconception or misinterpretation of 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 what was written right so like not on your side but the uh the publication right so okay. it's it, the idea is that it's not that there's no wallet right it's that there is no uh no need for a decentralized wallet meaning you don't need to have a metamask so when you log into this platform it'll be using your starbucks rewards login uh that will essentially provision you a custodial wallet solution right so we are giving a custodial and non-custodial option because of what we talked about in the sense that there's potentially potentially millions of people that will come and use this platform because starbucks rewards program has 27 million daily or monthly active users right so when you're talking about people of that size, a group of people that size that have maybe never even heard of or interacted with crypto or uh, any decentralized app. The idea is, again, to make it so easy, they don't need to recognize they're using the technology, right? And so, you know, you can go into the whole debate of decentralization versus non. And, and I agree that it's, needs to be this whole system works on the the premise of decentralization but when you're creating something that's so mass market and onboarding you need to make it easy for them to use and to graduate into right so like the idea is similar with topshop when people use topshop because 
you had so many people using Topshop because it was easy to use. The UI UX was great. They didn't necessarily even know they were need to know they were using crypto, uh, but they could go pull their stuff off. Well, I guess you couldn't really on flow, but in this connect in this case, you'll be able to take your NFTs off to your custodial or your non-custodial wallet where uh, you own the keys, you can use that, you'll be able to use them and take them to, you know, uh, decentralized platforms like OpenSea. But more so, we wanted to give the ability to have a custodial option for people that have never interacted with the blockchain or crypto before. So that is probably, I would say, what you were looking gotcha. at. Because I think the, the, the press release does say like, you won't need crypto, you won't need a wallet. Well, it's not totally, that's not totally accurate because in order to do any of this, you need a wallet. It'll just be a custodial wallet that uh, you won't need to use a decentralized application if you don't need, if you don't want So, to. So it's going to be like, if you have your, if you keep your crypto on an exchange, it's basically Correct. in their big pool. And then, yeah, okay. So then they can just pull it out into a wallet, which separates it out of the pool. Correct. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that was like one of the things that I wasn't sure about. And then uh, I guess the other question that came up was, is it going to be, are you going to access it through the current Starbucks app? Or um, or is it going to be a separate application that you have to download on your phone? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, the initial build of this will actually be a uh, web app. And it'll be a mobile-friendly web app, so it won't have its own native mobile app to start, uh, just mostly because of time and and that it takes to build. Like we've been working on this project for you know six months, and and in order to have a, a its own mobile app built day one is a little infeasible, only from the case that like there's lots of regulations and stuff around what you can even have in a mobile app from a crypto standpoint right and wallet standpoint and and things like that you you really don't have great options yet but the the web app uh allows you to kind of work around those things that's what you'll see on day one so it'll be a uh, you know you'll have a desktop web app a mobile friendly version of the web app uh there will be i'm sure some things in the main starbucks app that might lead you there um but it will not be that will it won't be like integrated into that app on day one, aside from the fact that it will connect your Starbucks rewards login. So um, meaning there might be journeys or challenges that that will require you to do in-store things that use your rewards app. So it'll monitor what your purchases are and integrate that into the web app, right? So nice. that interoperability and integration will be there on day one. Uh, but it won't be in the mobile app or in its own app yet on day one, but uh, potentially coming as a fast follow-up. Cool. Well, this, uh, I mean, it, it, just in explaining that, you can, I feel like I really got a peek in behind the curtain of what it is that you all do, because there's a lot of these complex things to figure out and strategize for. So that was, that was a, I'm glad that we had that opportunity to go through that um okay so i think this is great i mean i think uh i'm in, excited to see what you all do and with dgen and forum three i mean the starbucks news is so massive uh, i expect uh, to get a lot you to get a lot more um, um business from it and uh, recognition from us so congratulations on that Thank you very much. It's been awesome to work on. It's honestly, I mean, it, hearing, I hope that anybody out there listening to this that, you know, may 
have always wanted to like work in in crypto web three full time. Hearing my story, I literally, you know, this time two years ago was selling adult diapers, and now I'm bringing, you know, helping bring one of the biggest brands in the world into the crypto space. So it's it, it you it just takes some work and conviction, and um, you know, I would say network and and really build out your network of connections. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Nobody's a genius here. Everybody know. Everybody starts somewhere. Uh, so, and if anybody's listening to this and has any questions, please feel free to reach out and connect with me. I'm at Bunchu B U N C H U Bets on Twitter. So, at Bunchu Bets. Um, you can also find us at Forum Three underscore on Twitter. And then at DGEN Network on Twitter for DGEN Network. Definitely reach out, um, say hi. I'm, I'm more than happy to connect with anybody out there that has some questions. Awesome. Great. Well, uh, I'll put all that in the description below. So if you're listening or watching, uh, definitely check out those links uh, to get access to uh, to Joe and all of uh, all of these projects he's working on. Feel free to reach out. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a rate. Uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, leave us a comment. If you're listening on podcasts, please follow us. It helps support the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. And I just want to say again, thank you, Joe, for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. This was a great time. All right. Awesome. Well, take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.